You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson, and this is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. And uh, the Steelers will play a football game on Saturday, and it's kind of a meaningful football game for the Steelers. I know there's a, a, a you know, some people think that uh, they're absolutely can't, they're done. They can't do anything uh, this season. Uh, they are still mathematically alive for a playoff spot, um, as are the Raiders. This is kind of making this kind of an elimination game, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it is an elimination game. I mean, I think both these teams, have any hope need to sweep you know the, the their remaining schedule and probably get help I, I don't know off the top of my head what the Raiders conference schedule is and tiebreakers but I know the Steelers is not favorable obviously so um but you're building for tomorrow and you know these things I don't think either one of these teams will end up in the playoffs especially in this conference it'd be nice if they're in the NFC but it doesn't mean it's not important and you know Kenny Pickett's going to come back and get all the experience he can get primetime game on Christmas Eve with everyone in the world watching I mean it's going to be great yeah Pickett expected to return here's what the Raiders have left how about the end of their schedule at the Steelers for this game next week they host San Francisco on on New Year's Day and then they finish up hosting Kansas City oh Ouch. <laughs> it might not go all that great for the squad. They got some injuries now, too, the O-line. I mean, so, yeah, it could be a, a rough ending. And I wonder, I mean, there's been a lot of speculation about what Carr's future is in, in Vegas. You know, I mean, it's Josh McDaniels didn't handpick him. You're, you could end up with early picks and go get your own quarterback. You could get something pretty nice in return for him. Uh, is, is that still a decision to be made? If he lights it up this the last three or four weeks, do, do they stick with them or do they plan on moving on? Like that, that that's, they're just in a lot different spot than the Steelers are. Like, I think we can all envision the direction the Steelers are going. We don't know what names they're going to add to the team, but they're going to add to it and they're going to keep most of what they have where the Raiders went all in this year, which was a risky move. Like, you know, they could have not gone and traded for Devontae Adams. Maybe they could have traded Carr this offseason and started a rebuild. But they pushed their chips in the middle in what looked like a brutal division, and they didn't win the hand. Yeah. Um, they didn't start well. Uh, right. That brutal. Yeah, that just killed them. If you look at the top five records in the AFC since week 10 – you got Cincinnati at five and zero. Oh. You got Buffalo at five and one. You got Kansas City at five and one, and then you've got the Raiders and the Steelers at both four and two. Yeah, right, right, right. And I say the Raiders have won four of their last five. You know, I mean, they were, yeah, they were two and seven at one point. The Steelers were two and six. So both of these teams kind of playing their best football right now. Yeah, and I, I think the Raiders getting Waller and Renfro back could help as well. You know, they 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 were they were winning for their last five, but it was all Jacobs and Allen on offense, and they really needed something else to complement those guys. I mean, it's a little remarkable how much they ask of those two this year, but they're both phenomenal players, and that's gone a long way. Um, you know, the the defense. I expected this defense to be like the worst in the league. I mean, they have their warts. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as bad as I expected. Yeah, but the the one thing I, I sent you the the emails today they're they're like yeah. 
28th in red zone defense, and they're yeah, 32nd. When you get inside the 10, you score a touchdown against the Raiders. Yep, yep, absolutely. And I think we were talking about this yesterday. I was like looking at EPA. They're really high and run. They're good in run defense, really bad in pass defense. But it's a bit of an illusion because they're just kind of stuck playing run stuffers because they don't have the linebackers and D tackles that are impact yeah. players. You know, you're right, though. I mean, sitting here just pulled up their schedule. I mean, only one win in their first nine games. And they're, they, they beat Denver. Two wins. I'm sorry. They beat Denver yeah. at home and they beat, they beat Denver and Houston. Denver and Houston were the wins. Actually, if you look at all of their wins, um, there's not a Denver, whole. Denver, Houston, Chargers, Patriots, Jags. Yeah, that's preseason. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. That's not that they impressive. Beat, they've beaten Denver twice. They beat Houston. They beat Seattle, which I guess is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did beat the Chargers, but that that's was without, a decent win. Yeah, but that was without either receiver, if I remember correctly. I think both. Uh, oh, yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. Both Williams and Allen were out. And then they just beat the Patriots on the most fluky of fluke plays that you'll ever see in, in the history of the game. And um, in between the Chargers and Raiders, they lost to Baker Mayfield on Thursday night. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, they have won four or five. But they, got, they got shut out by New Orleans. They got shut. Yeah. There was a couple low moments. I mean, there's some season. really bad moments for this team. Just that's, that's kind of the, the and they've blown. They've blown that's, four leads of 10 or more points in the fourth quarter this year. That's what I was about to say, too, is they, they've lost a lot of close games, but a lot of those games they were winning and controlling until the fourth quarter. I mean, some of they're, their fourth quarter numbers are really bad. They're the anti-Giants. And and Vikings, who happen to play yeah. this week. Yeah, right. They're the one-score <laughs> champs, and these guys are not. And I used to think, I'll be honest, there was a about two months into the season, I thought Josh McDaniels might be – one of these coaches, one of these coordinators that's masquerading as a head coach, I think he's figuring it out more and that they just don't have a lot of good players. I mean, the the Gruden regime, if you look at their drafts, is so bad. I mean, all the first-round picks they got for Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack. I mean, Wasted. Josh Jacobs is like the only one that's still around. Yeah. Um, here's something that's interesting. Derek Carr in his career against the Steelers has been pretty good. It's only three starts. In three starts, he's averaged 335 passing yards. He's got an eight-touchdown-to-one interception ratio, a passer rating of 113.9. That's the best yeah. quarterback against the Steelers since 1970. That's better than Tom Brady. Really? Tom Brady's passer rating against the Steelers. Wow. I didn't know that. That's impressive. He's a good player. I mean, I, I think he gets lumped in with the Tannehills of the world and the Cousins of the world. I think he's substantially better than that. He's just not the Burrow, Herbert, Lamar level. You know, well, here might this might be why Matt Carr is one in seven in road primetime games in his career. Okay, that that smells a little like Kirk Cousins, huh? That's yeah. It's the worst, the second worst road primetime uh, record by a quarterback since two thousand, with a minimum of eight starts. Andy Dalton is one in fourteen in such games. <laughs> Oh, by the way, wow. Oh, by the way, so in road primetime games, Derek Carr is one in seven. He's completed just under 59% of his passes. He averages 177.5 passing yards with a seven touchdown to eight interception ratio. Brutal. Yeah. I mean, Cousins, Dalton level. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, until you can start winning big games, playoff games, 
primetime games on the road, things like that, that are not only a, a difficult situation as every game is, but has something on top of it, a brighter spotlight, more meaning, more eyes on you, you know, night game, whatever. It's hard to be in that first or second tier of quarterbacks. It really is. Yeah. Um, the Steelers also have, you know, they've, they've kind of gone through this resurgent since they got TJ Watt back. We now have seven games for the Steelers this season without Watt and seven games with Watt. Mm -hmm. The the contrast is pretty stark. Oh. I mean, wait for, so with Watt, they're five and two. Without him, they were one and six. With Watt, 18.9 points per game. Without Watt, 25.3 points per game. Total yards per game. With Watt, 305.7. Without Watt, 389.9. And he doesn't play offense, but he sure helps the whole team play the Absolutely. offense they want. Yeah. Right. Sacks. With Watt, in seven games, they have 21 sacks. Without Watt, in seven three games. Three of those games, the th- teams they played never threw the ball. Never threw the ball. Right. <laughs> without Watt, the seven games they played without Watt, eight sacks. Yeah. Wow. Takeaways. Okay. Seven games with Watt, they had 12 takeaways. Seven games without Watt, they had five. Wow. I mean, it's, it's can it be that simple? I mean, because he wasn't even playing great up until maybe last week, you know. But he did change blocking schemes and preparation and all those things. And then there's things that you can't put, a, you know, that, that aren't as obvious as those even. Like, what's their blitz percentage with and without him? What's their two high shells they can play because he's in there or, you know, all the runs that would have gone for gains to the offense's right side that didn't because of him or three holding penalties he drew or things like that too, that if you really would break down every play that it, it, it is, it is amazing. It's a little alarming that it's that stark though, to be honest with you. I mean, just because he hasn't been the defensive MVP type of guy for many of those games. Yeah, yeah, but I, I just think the presence that he brings, the the it's huge. Yeah, it's just it's it's just it's amazing. And you know, um you do have to account for that guy. You absolutely oh, do. Absolutely. And I expect him to look like TJ in this game, you know, against suspect right tackles. I don't even care who the right tackle is. This is the game there. last year, if you remember. I mean, he, he if if TJ if if uh, who's the offensive tackle um, that we from Alabama we hated Leatherwood yeah Leatherwood if yeah. Leatherwood stays in that game TJ Watt gets like six sacks in it yeah oh there's no doubt I remember <laughs> us talking about it Monday or whatever like uh, you think he really got quote hurt or did his pride <laughs> just get hurt because they already had like he'd already given up a sack and had two holding penalties in like the first six minutes of the game. <laughs> like, right, there was it a was total no contest. It was going to be ugly. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I just uh, you know th- this Steelers pass rush I think really has to affect this game, and yes. they re- they they really have to get there with four. And I would imagine that's the plan against these guys, especially with what looks like a healthier and sprier Watt. Highsmith has a tough tough matchup against Miller. Yeah. Um, even if those guards do play, I expect the defensive tackles, Ogunjobi and especially Cam, to really push the pocket. 
And, you know, Carr's not going to really leave the pocket or be super creative, you know, spinning around, running around like a crazy person, you know, so <laughs> interior pass rush will go a long way. But if Watt's beating double teams on the right side, I mean, uh-oh, you know. Yeah, it's, they're going to be in for a long day. If they have to start leaving as, as good as Colton Miller is, mm-hmm. um, and he's probably, what, a top 10-ish left tackle in the league? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's his best year, and he's getting better, but he's not a superstar if you're one-on-one for you know 35 pass rushes you're going to give up some pressures and, and maybe a sack and that you know oh I don't, yeah i don't I'm, care who you are <laughs> it, it, yeah i know you do your predictions pre-game high smith sack is a pretty safe one i mean any week let alone a situation like this where if he gets 35 pass rush opportunities and only has to really truly win one of them i mean I, I I love his chances of getting Carr on the ground in this game. Yeah, I, I do think that they'll pressure Carr. They'll they'll get him. Uh, they'll get him on the ground. And to your point, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that pressure might come up the middle and get him yeah. forced a couple of times, and that could lead to some stuff too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Highsmith's been really good this year, and uh, really good this year. Very impactful. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw the the most recent chart that came out in terms. It it, it has the. Uh, Number of sacks versus number of pressures. He's one of the guys in the upper right hand corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's kind of reached that status where he's a really good pass rusher. And he showed that when TJ wasn't in there, and people were rolling protections his way. And I don't think it's fluky at all. I think he's a small school guy that kept getting better and better and better and better. Had really good traits. A heck of a draft pick. A lot of work ethic and technique work by him as well. That. I think they'll keep him long-term. I mean, I know we're not yeah. talking contracts and stuff now, but I think you have to start going down that road. Like, well, what's he going to cost us? Because he's very important, especially if Watt's going to continue to miss a game here and there more than you'd like. Yeah, for sure. Um, on the other side of this, uh mentioned yesterday that the, the Raiders' defense against running backs um, – you know, I've been thinking about that a lot. I mean, I, I really think that's a great way to attack these guys. Yeah, just uh, one of I, I think you know if the if the Steelers' backs don't catch at least six passes in this game, mm-hmm. um, I'll be shocked. I'll be uh, shocked. I, I think you got to find ways to get them out in space uh, and let them do some things. I really like Jalen Warren when they get him out in space like that. He yeah burst and can kind of get lost in the shuffle. He's he's done some nice things in the passing game this year. But I would work Najee Harris into the uh, into the passing game as well. And I know that hasn't been a, a huge emphasis thus far this year, but I would make it so in this game. Yeah, I've been kind of pleading for that for a while, that I think that we're just kind of scratching the surface of what Najee can be as a receiver. This would be a perfect game to exploit that, especially if you're struggling with protection with Crosby and you, know, you don't want to be throwing bombs left and right. You just want to get it out quick, move the chains. Um, but I was thinking about this too is, you know, the, the, a lot of pre-snap motion helps you determine man versus zone. And right. if you can get pretty strong indicators that you're getting man, I'd like to see some of those Warren wheel routes that we saw in camp. You know, just yeah. getting him streaking down the sideline against Perryman or one of those kind of dumpy, slow linebackers. I mean, you may, <laughs> you may create some big stuff there, too. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, you, you clear out that zone and, or that uh, man area, and all of a sudden he's down there one-on-one with nobody behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can make some things happen against this team in particular. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I think it's going to be a fascinating game. Um, 
you know, there obviously there's going to be a lot of stuff that that's happening around the game. Um, sure, emotional game. Emotional yeah. game. I know Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, driving that point home. And he was asked today if you know can this be an emotional lift for your team this weekend or a motivating factor? He's like, we're professionals. We don't need a motivating factor to play the game. But they're also humans. But you're also human, and, and <laughs> yeah. you want to go out and win this game for the memory of Franco Harris. You don't want to. Mm-hmm. You don't want to say, "Oh, well, yeah, the Steelers honored Franco Harris, but they lost the game." And Josh Jacobs ran all over him for 225 yards and couldn't stop the run and got pushed around. Like that's not how. That's not how you what you want to show the country. No, absolutely not. And uh, you know, as we saw last week, the Steelers defense uh, when proper when when ticked off can mm-hmm. be pretty nasty. Absolutely. And I would expect more of that. I think that's this whole season is going to end up with not Franco emotion so much, but is, you know, an emotional charged up aggressive defense, attacking blockers, attacking gaps, you know, not sitting back, absorbing double teams in the run game, taking the fight to the, the opponent. And I'm sure it's been stressed within the building like crazy. Yeah. Without a doubt, you know, because yeah. you do have a game coming up against the Ravens next week again, Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, that's, actually, these last two games give you an opportunity to, you know, properly assess that going into the offseason. Are we physical enough? Um, right, right. Absolutely. By the way, you see uh, Devin Duvernay out for the season for the Ravens today. Yeah, picked up Sammy Watkins. I mean, they're like, uh, they're, just, yeah. they're in bad shape. That passing game is a disaster. Junk. How long before uh, Sammy gets hurt? It's <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he'll pull a hamstring getting off the bus him and, him and Deshaun Jackson will be in a yeah. race to two gets hurt first. <laughs> yeah, that, I think they're in a really bad spot. They're in a bit of trouble here, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so that, that, interested to watch this Raiders game. Interested to see mm-hmm. how it's finished the season. Um, yes. It's probably not going to end in a playoff. I mean, they, they need all kinds of things, crazy stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. But again, as we've been saying for weeks now, just finish strong, use this as a jumping off point for the 2023 season and uh, get your quarterback as much uh, experience as possible and see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, you can't forget they started two and six. If you could get to eight and nine and, you know, all some of our advanced numbers we're talking about, I mean, EPA since the buy is super high, all the any metric you want to use, they're playing like a top 10 to 12 type of team. That's exactly what you want to do around, a you know, a rookie quarterback, soon to be second year quarterback as you go to get into the off season. I mean, I, I could see a lot of momentum with this team when the off season rolls around. Yep. Uh, subscribe to the Mike Tomlin game day podcast. Steelers digest editor, Bob Labriola talks with Steelers head coach, Mike Tomlin about the upcoming game. New episodes drop every game day. They're available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to the drive here on Steelers nation radio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time for the Fantasy Football Focus. We will do that right after this.